Hey feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. I'm your host Joe, and today I'm joined by my fabulous co-host Armin. Hey! It feels weird that I haven't, we haven't had you on the podcast since Black Christmas, which was... Oh yeah, it's been a while hasn't it? Yeah. Because we must have filmed that like two months ago. Oh! <laughs> that, yeah. Time! Okay. That's fine. I'm going to be 30 this year, so I'm I'm feeling really weird about time at the moment. Not weird about turning 30, but I keep getting freaked out by things like last time we did Pirates, and I was like, holy shit, that's nearly two decades old. How is that possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's gone really quickly. But you shouldn't worry, be worried about being 30. Honestly, for me, when I turned 30, I, I really used it as a fuck it pass. Like, <laughs> I'm 30 now, fuck it, it doesn't matter. That's a great idea, actually. I am looking forward to it. I feel like I'm aging like a fine wine, if I do so so myself. And every year I like myself a lot more. And I feel a lot more comfortable in my skin. So I'm fine with it. I just, I think maybe that and a mixture of the pandemic, I just cannot keep track of time anymore. It's Oh, I know. Like, I don't even know how we're in January 2022 and we're still going around the same shit again and again and again. It's like yeah. a bit like Groundhog Day. It is. And I hate that film. So I do not want to be stuck in it. So no, I hate that film too. Okay. We are going to talk about Terminator 2 Judgment Day today. Uh, long anticipated, I'm sure. Follow up to Terminator 1, which we did a year ago. Don't know. It was one of the first podcasts, wasn't it? It was quite early on, I think. Because it was yeah. one of the ones I was quite keen to see. Because I think Sarah Connor is really cool. Spoilers for the episode terminator 2 came out in 1991 which lee thought was like oh yeah that's nearly 20 years ago i was like lee that's 30 years ago hon he was like no 20 and it's like Mm-mm, it's a year older than me it's 31 years old so it came out in 1991 was directed by james cameron who we know as being the alien avatar titanic fellow there was a lady on the exec producer side gail ann hurd and then i watched the director's cut of this film because Lee refuses to watch any other version. And they did have a female editor on the director's cut side of things. I've written down Dodie Dawn, but now I'm reading it. That doesn't seem like a real name. But sure, Dodie Dawn was one of the editors. So quite light on the lady side, and they were all white. We don't seem to get many people behind the scenes who aren't white. Yeah. And frequently, they are all male. Yeah. So Terminator 2 is a follow-up to the first one. So listen to that first, our episode on that, and then you'll figure out what Terminator 1's about. In this film, two Terminators have been sent back to the past, one of them to protect John Connor, the guy who's going to save the world, and one of them's there to kill John Connor. And I guess the film is sort of about them trying to achieve that goal. And also, exciting me for this film, Sarah Connor's also in it, and she <laughs> is out to destroy Skynet and the machines and the work that they have in order to protect the future. And there is lots of action and lots of dramatic fire scenes and great music and Arnie in leather, which I was quite happy for. I thought he was quite attractive riding off on his bike in his boots and leather jacket. This is the film where Asta La Vista Baby came from, isn't it? It is, yeah. So on characters-wise, obviously we have Sarah Connor to talk about, John Connor's mum. We have Janelle Voigt, who is 
John's foster mum. She's not really in it too much. And then we actually have more intersectional characters, which is a first. We have Miles and Teresa Dyson. Miles is the, I don't know what he is, a scientist, an engineer, but he's the guy who is creating the Terminators or what will be the Terminators. He's programming the software. I don't know. I don't understand computers, but he's a very intelligent, smart man. And Teresa is his wife which feels quite disappointing to be like, and then she's the wife of the very smart man. But that's all we get to see. And then we have Enrique and Yolanda, who are portrayed as Mexican in the film. I think Enrique is from Argentina, the guy who plays him. But they both seem to be friends of Sarah Connor and help around when she needs weapons and is trying to prepare herself to take on Skynet and the Terminators. So there's our people. It passed both the female and intersectional Bechdel test, which is cool. I'm trying to think where, which bit of the female. It's not very, it's not a big snippet, but Sarah tells Teresa to get on the floor and she's pointing the gun at her and she's oh, like, get down, get on the floor. I love how that's what made it pass the test. Yeah, I know. There are women in it, but I'd say Sarah's kind of the only proper female character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She does talk to one of the female nurses or one of the female guards who's trying to say to Sarah, like, come on, Sarah, let him go when she's holding that doctor hostage. But that woman's not named on IMDb. And Lee pointed out to me yesterday, she has a name tag on. Oh, no, that's awful. I know. So why not just name her? But then on the intersectional side, um, you do see Miles and Teresa talking to each other and talking to their kids. Have you seen the director's cut, Armin? So I've seen this one twice. And I think the first time I watched it, was the director's cut the second time was whatever was on Amazon. So yeah, so I have watched it. I was quite shocked with the bits that Lee said, oh, this is an extra scene. I was like, but this is a really good scene and it's quite important. Right, where should we begin? Firstly, I really like this film, the director's cut specifically. I also, when I watched this film, I didn't know that Arnie was the good guy. Right up until the moment he tells John Connor to get down, I was like, oh! <gasps> Was that like a real shocker for you? Yeah, I had no idea. Lee was saying he's never watched it with someone who didn't know that before. And apparently even in the trailers, it had it showed that Arnie was the good guy, which makes sense because you find that out so far on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't make a point of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I had no idea. I just assumed, well, he was bad in the other one. So I'm guessing that's his role now. So I was I was shooketh. That was a big plot twist for me that I didn't I didn't (laughs) see coming. But I, the re- part of the reason I really like this film is because of Sarah Connor. She is so hench in it, like her arms oh, and her shoulders. And I was like, holy shit, this mm. is so cool to see. Yeah, she is strong, isn't she? How has your powerlifting been going, by the way? Because I'm expecting that the next time I see you, you will also look like Sarah Connor. <laughs> okay, Ma- let's manage expectations, Joe. <laughs> the next time you see me, I don't... I mean, if you don't see me before July, then maybe. Oh, Because okay. my first competition is going to be in July. <gasps> Wait, did I know you were going to do competitions? Oh, oh no, I haven't. No, because part of my New Year's goals is to do a competition this year. So uh, <gasps> my trainers found one for July. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah so it's just a, like a very new like for new starters but yeah 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 yeah. it's really exciting but it's it's been going really well apart from this week because the antibiotics have fucked me over so I've not really been mm. eating but like last week I'd got to so sumo deadlift 85 kg so an average person weighs 70 kg oh okay so like the lift is like a sumo so you're lifting it up off the ground yeah and so I can basically lift an average man 
Oh, wow. Um, okay. I'm getting that now. That is I, impressive. And I can do the same with like a squat rack on my back and I can squat. Oh, um, shit. 65 kg so yeah you're Lester Sarah Connor <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the muscles all of mine are like hidden under like a layer of fat <laughs> <laughs> well I tried doing well I have been doing some yoga but I did some like a week ago and it like destroyed me it was really hard I was like holy shit I'm so weak yoga is hard like I find yoga hard but you are you'll be able to lift Joe everyone can do it well there's a gym near where Lee and I are going to move to so I'm hoping we're planning to go and like yeah yeah figure out there I'm very inspired by Sarah I thought it was really cool and I think I'm right in saying the first scene we see or the first time we see her she is lift um doing pull-ups yeah i think that sends such a strong message mm. for the film like she's fucking here and she's gonna kick your ass yeah and and it not being a scene where she's lying down and she's being forced to like take a pill do you know what i mean like yeah it's very active rather than just passively yeah. lying around and it's also i feel like a big departure from her character in the first film where she was a bit naff yeah. But purely because she she didn't know about any of this, she was just yeah. a waitress. Like she doesn't know how to fight or do all these things, and she obviously wasn't like really buff. So to just have it open on her, like doing those pull ups and being drenched in sweat and being kind of grimy, I was like, oh, oh, this no. is very different to like the eighties, like poofy hair, Sarah Connor. Yeah, no, she it it was such a big character change, but I'm really glad because, mm. like you said in the first one, she was. Well, she's just really naive. And I think we said she's kind of like how we probably all would have been if that had happened. Like, if that happened to me, I wouldn't be any better. I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I've never held a gun. I've fired a, a wooden bow and arrow. Yeah, you know, yeah. What would have been kids. really good? And I suppose, I don't know if it happens in future movies. You know that gap between when she was pregnant and then you see her? Mm. You don't really know what's happened to her. There is a bit in the film, I think, where John is talking to his friend and he's saying some of the stuff that she did. And then he explains briefly the reason that she was arrested and that yeah. she then obviously said to them about the Terminators and they just assumed she was crazy and locked her up i think they caught her trying to blow up a computer oh okay yeah but i i was quite struck this time watching it by i guess the trauma that her character has gone through in the way that she's portraying that because so john orders arnie his terminator so at that point he has to follow john's orders to rescue his mum and when they get in the car sarah says come here and john thinks she's going in for a hug and she actually is just checking him out for injuries and is then really angry with him for coming to rescue her she's like well i'm not important and I'm mm. not this. And you can see how upset he is that he's like, well, you're my mom. I had to rescue you and that she's not there to give him a hug. And She's not maternal, is she? No, because I think she's in her early 20s, maybe in the first one. I can't remember. But imagine like being in your early 20s and having someone say, oh, by the way, you're pregnant and your son is going to save the world in the future. You have to keep him alive and make sure he's ready. And then that person just vanishes and you're on your own and no one believes you and you have that child and are trying to raise them and do your best. I was like, the trauma that she's gone through and the way she is now 
she's also not allowing herself to see the value in herself yeah like there's a reason why john connor is john connor yeah yeah and everything when he was like reloading all the guns and when he knew how to electronically pick a lock i was like if she if she hadn't been around he wouldn't know all that stuff it's because and i think she realizes that towards the end when she then he comes to stop her from killing miles and she's like oh i love you and they do have a moment where they hug and she's like okay we're here for each other but it's quite sad question if you were sarah connor and no one believed you would you do what sarah connor did which is try and get convince everybody that this is what's going to happen and we need to sort it out or would you just be like oh fuck it like i'm going to be dead anyway Mm. and just carry on with your life because she ultimately lost out time with her son yeah and i think because she's trying to do so much on her own to destroy things so the future won't take place she then obviously got arrested yeah it's it's a really tough one i don't know because also having watched it i can see where one route ends up yeah but i've always wondered like if something happened one of the things that i did pick up on and this maybe answers your question maybe doesn't i don't know is that the way she's treated by people in this film is the way a lot of women have been treated throughout history in that they're not believed and then they're assumed that they're just crazy oh yeah yeah like the whole thing of hysteria and obviously all the rape culture and stuff like that is just believed that you're a crazy woman who's making things up so i don't know whether knowing that about society whether i'll be like okay people aren't going to believe me yeah but then she obviously tells john about it too and he gets to a point where he doesn't believe her and she feels like she's lost him again i'm like would i tell him Mm. It's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. A huge amount of pressure, yeah. And you can see how much strain that is on him. And I think particularly when he's like, when he talks to his friend about the moment he realised that she'd just made all that up and she was crazy. Yeah. But then you also have to probably rationalise it yourself. Yeah. The whole system is telling him that his mum's crazy. And you're only a child. You Mm. know, if, if there was one person that had faith and said actually no your mom is fine he might have had some conviction yeah but she was completely on her own i wonder yeah. whether that's partly why she told him because she had no one to share that burden with mm. because she was just on her own yeah what would you do i don't know i was thinking about this part of me is really lazy so i don't know <laughs> if i would have just been like no one's taking me seriously yeah. i just can't live a quiet life with my son and whatever his legacy is, his legacy is. Mm. But then the, there is the other part of me that's just like, fucking hell, I probably would need to do something because I couldn't live with myself, knowing yeah. that generations are going to die out. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's a bit like what we're going through now. Not mm-hmm. obviously not as extreme with robots, but, you know, like the whole oh, sustainability. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I do like that she taught herself all of the like fighting skills and survival skills as well. Instead of, because I was thinking, I guess I could just send him to like fight school. <laughs> so I obviously didn't have the most. I would love to learn to fight, actually. My, yeah. my motivation's going down the line of, oh, send him to school and he'll learn to fight at fight school. I suppose she probably felt like she had to because, did she know when the computers were going to start attacking? I think she knows when all of the explosions start. So I guess so. So she's probably just also getting herself ready. Yeah, because there's that as well, that in your mind you're like, the world as we know it is going to end and I'm the only one who can stop it Mm. or do something about it. 
But I just think for a film in the 90s to have such a strong female character is great. And she's got so much going on. I know you said you watched the normal version yesterday, so I don't know what bits have been cut out. But there is a great scene that is only in the director's cut where they have taken out Arnie's chip, I guess, in his head, and they're going to turn off a switch so he can have free will, something like that. I'm not great with the technical know-how of films as we... (laughs) As we know, the final plot points. But when they take it out, she goes to hit it with a hammer. And John's like, no, what are you doing? He's our friend. And she's like, it's not a he, it's an it. It's a robot. Like You have to understand, given a chance, he would kill us. Because obviously for her, she's been the target of a Terminator before and had to flee for her life and fight for her life. And the person that she loves has died because of this Terminator who looks exactly like this one here. And I do... There is a bit where John says to her, like, Mum, if I'm supposed to be this amazing leader, perhaps you should start listening to my ideas every once in a while. And that's when she, like, kind of backs down a bit. I mean, there's going to be a balance, isn't there? Because there's still a parent-child relationship there. Mm. Like, you might be the saviour of the world, but right now you're, like, 12 years old, mate. Like, you know, so she's always going to be, like, looking out for him. Oh, yeah, hugely. Also, I think he was right because he hasn't had that experience yeah. that she has had with them and he's able to see this Terminator for who he is. So that, that was a really nice moment to see that conflict. And then again, when she goes to kill Miles in her mind thinking, if I kill this person, mm-hmm. then he won't create what will be the Terminator and the world will be saved. And then when she gets down to it, she just she just can't do it understandably especially when she realizes he's got a child yeah and like he's i think he says miles says at one point like you're punishing me for something i haven't even done yet yeah 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 it's interesting because the way that this the non-director's cut has been cut Mm. really doesn't highlight sarah connor in like as the director's cut clearly put sarah like in the center of it all yeah in the in the non-director's cut you find that she only really comes to life at the end when she escapes. Because up until then, it's really between the two Terminators and Sarah, um, and John. I really love that escape scene. I love how the second Terminator's head gets... Well, you know when they sh- when uh, Arnie shoots him in the head mm-hmm. and it just, like, explodes? Yeah. It still looks really good, I think. Mm, yeah, that's aged well. But there are moments where I'm like, oh, that looks, that looks really cool. Mm. But her, um, her reaction to when she sees Arnold Schwarzenegger again is really interesting because there's massive PTSD. Yeah, hugely. She's she's obviously just gone, she's managed to get out of her room. She got, even got yeah. out of her restraint. She's like got past all those guards. She's really determined to get to John. And as soon as she sees him, she's like back to who she was before. Yeah. It takes her straight back. Yeah, I thought that was a really, really good moment. I mean, one of the other moments I really liked is when she she's talking to the doctor who's in charge of whether or not she can be released. And she's changed her tactics before she was trying to convince everyone that she's not crazy and that this is going to happen. And then she has been told by Kyle in a dream that John's in danger. So she changes tactics and tries to basically just pretend she doesn't, she's aware that that was made up. She's a lot better now and everything's fine. But I like that when she's doing it, she's talking very softly. Her eyes look very big. And like she's almost putting on this show of very soft femininity to make him feel like, oh no, but I'm fine. Like I'm a very safe woman and I'm I'm okay. Look at me. I'm very dainty. And yeah, I, I just quite liked that. Sadly, he was like, 
you're really smart and I know you're just telling me what I want to hear and then she's like "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) I just quite like seeing her try to play up to that to see where it would get her and then when that doesn't work like she seems to be constantly trying different things like when something doesn't work she's then like okay what else can we do I really liked that Sarah took part in all of the fighting mm. and if she wasn't there was a good reason like she had to use that master breathe so Arnie had yeah. to go off and get the car or she had to drive while Arnie was shooting or whatever I really loved that the whole time she was very much an active participant in what was going on and she was helping to protect her son as much as the Terminator yeah 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 whereas yeah. obviously in the first one because she doesn't know about how to fire guns or whatever she doesn't do as much no but the terminator didn't treat her any differently to anyone else no he still he wanted to like like just sh- shoot her yeah he did I, it was just nice to see i think this time she, it felt like she was an action hero yeah yeah yes and uh, you know when i was thinking about when i was younger the focus is all on arnold schwarzenegger being the mm. terminator i don't remember anything about sarah connor like they didn't advertise her as a heroine of the film no. but then i was only what four so <laughs> I wasn't alive. So, uh... Oh no, I wasn't. What year, what year was the film? This one came out in ninety one. Oh no, I was six. Yeah, it seems a shame. I think I've never watched them because I always assumed it was just about Arnie and it was an mm. action film. Not that I wouldn't enjoy that, but I just hadn't ever watched them. And I think yeah. Lee was like, "No, you have to." And when I saw them, I was like, "How did I not know about Sarah Connor?" Yeah, they're not like heralded as like feminist like heroin films yeah i said she's amazing like it is a shame that it's just the one Mm. female proper female character but given you know what we had i wonder whether part of the reason i never saw it was because i never saw that film as being for me yeah same i think because i was i i mean i'm not saying someone actively said this but i always felt like well boys watch the action films and girls watch bridget jones and things like that oh okay yeah no for me it was just a case of i not for me i i love like action films but i just didn't see how two robot fighting yeah i also loved action films because i watched like robin hood and zorro so I, I don't know i also though don't think this film is for kids although lee was telling me yesterday that it's like a family watch i was like well you see the t-1000 shoving his knife hand through someone's head through their mouth and out the back of their head I was like I don't I don't think so you don't get that in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves I don't I think they're very different action films <laughs> <laughs> they are but I mean that there seems to be more yeah like it would be quite I feel like it'd be quite scary I do get a sense of the fear when I'm watching the Terminator films oh, really I yeah I think it almost feels like dreams I've had where someone's chasing after you and there's nothing you can do to stop it you wouldn't want to be any less than like 12 or 15 yeah I just never watched it but I I was really shocked by how much I enjoyed her character and even things like I noticed in the last scene when they're in that smelting factory yeah she looks so sweaty and her hair looks really messy and knotty and frizzy and I was like that's that's so nice that's how it should be she shouldn't have nice glossy hair yeah 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 and she's not wearing heels yeah like you know in boots and yeah yeah sensible gear like she even I think when she goes out to get miles she's got the, like hat on to keep her hair up so it's not getting in the way well she's just in her best isn't she in trousers she's not even like in tiny shorts 
yeah. or anything stupid like that. Yeah. No, I really liked that because I think after we'd watched, we talked about Wonder Woman looking perfect all the time. Mm. And obviously she's a goddess. And but it was really nice to just see her kind of looking like yeah, but You shit. see it in the Avengers too. So it's not yeah. just a Wonder Woman thing. No, that's true. And also, like, she obviously very beautiful. I like that you can see lines on her face, like very natural. She's just getting a bit older. Yeah. And that happens, you get lines on your face. And I don't know whether it's because Lee's got a massive TV, but also I could see skin texture. So mm. it wasn't like she was covered under layers of makeup to make her look pristine. Natural. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, ma- yeah. yeah, or to make her look natural. That was really nice too. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that. it was very authentic. It was really authentic. Yeah. Yeah, it was. The only bit I wasn't keen on was that she, and this is a bit tricksy because you, we should not have to wear bras and nor do we. But I think because I know it was a man directing the film, I found it a bit weird she wasn't wearing a bra during a lot of the scenes on the psychiatric ward. Um, so when she's doing those parts, yeah, but would they have not given her a bra because of like health and safety? Yeah, maybe. Especially with her being like a flight risk. I just, I didn't know whether... It was more of a perf thing, yeah. Yeah, that was my concern that it was like a male director being like, oh yeah, let's have her without a bra rum. But then she's not, she doesn't feel sexy for any part of the film. And it's not really a point that you know, like you you clock it, but it's not like a, oh, she could really do with a bra. Yeah, I, I think I was, I think probably from this podcast, I'm so hyper aware of being like, yeah, yeah. She's not got a bra on there, I can see her nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and it was around i can see them what else have i written down about sarah she said says to john at one point it's when um they've gone to rescue her and she turns to him and says i don't need your help i can take care of myself yeah and i was like that's interesting because people assume that women cannot do that yeah <laughs> kind of sad that she's saying it to her 12 year old son who understandably is like you're my mom i love you i want to be with you like, I think it would have been better if she'd been like, I'm your parent, I should be looking after yeah, you, it's yeah. not your job to take care of me. Yeah, but I suppose it's the context, because she's just come out of a, like, a mental health institute as well, hasn't mm. she? So, I wonder whether he feels that like he has to protect her. Yeah, I think he probably does. I think now as well that he, I think he realises, oh shit. Oh, I think he says at one point to the Terminator, oh, she knew and nobody believed her. Mm. and he has that realization of like oh my god she's been locked up and medicated and we haven't been able to see each other and she was right the whole time the only thing extra i had was about that fucking nurse Mm, the one who licks her oh yeah it always just makes me sad because as much as that's like it's a power play i get that but it always makes me sad because you always hear about these stories where people are abused and it's just horrible to see. Yeah, it is. But, like, he's only taking advantage of her because she's tied up. Oh, I think the last thing I wrote about Sarah is I quite liked the parallel at the end of her being injured by the T-1000 and being carried along by Arnie and John. It felt like kind of the reverse of Kyle being injured in the first film and her carrying him along. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. I was just, I just quite like it when things mirror each other in sequels and remakes. But I also really liked that when the T-1000 stabs her and is like, call to John, her response is, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't just sell your child. Well, you'd hope that you wouldn't sell no, your child out not. like that. No, you know? of course, of course not. <laughs> Save yourself. Not my eyes, my beautiful eyes. 
No, but I, I feel like there'd be lots of other films where they'd portray someone as being like, oh no, they've been beaten now by the bad guy and yeah. that's it. Whereas even though physically she's being attacked, she still has ways of fighting back. And not... Oh, well, she, that's what she's been training for, hasn't she? Yes, yeah. Did she know that other people were going to come back then from the future? I don't know. Or whether she thought, I'm still going to be here when the world ends, so I need yeah. to be as prepared to fight as possible. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting that she had the foresight to think that. Yeah, it is. The only thing I thought was a bit of a shame, but I kind of get it, is that she is shooting the T-1000 and he almost falls back into the the lava pit and then she runs out of bullets oh yeah i know and then like arnie comes up and i kind of get it because everyone loves oh, arnie same to, yeah wants him to have the big moment but i was like oh it's a bit of a shame but she yeah, did look yeah, really was... powerful like reloading the gun and shooting and just oh i know that was really good i was like i was like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> i was getting really excited but yeah no i suppose that's the money shot isn't it that arnie saved the day yeah which again i'm like i get it it's Arnie. I feel like I can't hold a grudge against that. And she does then ultimately get to kill Arnie at the end because he can't self-terminate. So she's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John's like, no, don't do it. And she's like, no. Hop on. I'll put, yep, that's fine with me. It felt very um, Frodo and Mount Doom with like the whole lava and things falling in. Did you have anything else to say about Sarah? The only thing was about when she shot up the Black family's house. Like, yeah, that wasn't okay, but obviously, she didn't do that because they were a black family, they just happened to be black. But it's just really interesting that, like, for the whole time that she's been judged and she's not being listened to, and then she does exactly that without thinking, yeah, like, she doesn't have a conversation, she doesn't try and find out who's in the house, she just attacked. But then, I wonder whether that's just her being like in defense mode because no one's believing her so she feels like she just has to do something yeah part of the trauma maybe being coming out that she's not thinking the way that she would normally because obviously as we find out when and they explained to miles what was going on he's like okay well then yeah i guess we have to destroy all this yeah like just have a reasonable conversation yeah and i was like Miles is very impressive. Someone's just broken into his house, shot at him, it successfully shot him, and he like goes with them to destroy all his work and he ends up being sacrificed. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I did write down that I was like, oh, like classic, like white police officers coming in and just shooting the black guy without asking questions. And I'm aware that they know there are killers in the building and that it's a dangerous situation. But like, even like Sarah Connor just shooting at his house, like as a black family in any neighborhood, that must be scary. Yeah, yeah, hugely scary. You know, yeah. and yeah, like then he dies. He's the first person to die, and he like even when he knows he's gonna die, and he he's he's got the the trigger, and he gives them as much time as he possibly can for everyone to get out like not just like Sarah and the others but for the police officers as well he's like I'm not gonna be able to hold this much longer you need to go yeah like ah okay (laughs) go 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 I also think it's there is there's a scene in the director's cut where Teresa comes to see Miles I think it's a Sunday morning and he's promised the kids they'll go to some like swimming splash thing and 
she's having like a sit and chat with him to try and remind him like you also have your family who love you yeah it's not just about this and it was just a really nice heartwarming moment and nice to see a black family portrayed who are very intelligent and they're like a nice close-knit family and they've cut all these good bits out I know there's so many bits that they've cut out I'm like but that was such a great moment why would they do that yeah they've made it very bare minimum and she succeeds in he's like okay you're right and he like turns off the computer and the kids come in they're like yeah we're gonna go it was just a really nice moment and it just means you get to know a bit more about them and who they are as a family and I think then it makes it even more kind of heart-wrenching when Sarah comes in and starts shooting them so you're like but they've just been to see all the they've gone swimming and done all the things and now you're killing at them killing at them killing them yeah (laughs) and now you're coming in with your killing yeah I did like I think maybe after Miles had said oh like you're punishing me for something I haven't even done or something like that and she says something like men like you built a hydrogen bomb you don't know what it's like to build a life inside of you I think he's maybe like but it's going to be for good and she's like well that's what whoever created all those things thought they were doing yeah but I found that line really preachy like you don't know what it's like to have a life inside of you yeah but not every person that's on this planet is good yeah and also like you cannot grow life inside of you and still understand the sanctity of life he's got kids yeah yeah exactly it just made me think of the arrogance of people in general of thinking but I'm doing this great Mm. thing I wanted to, I don't have too much to say about Janelle and Teresa, and we don't really see Yolanda much. But the only thing I wanted to say was that both of them are portrayed as being very, what feels like quite stereotypical mum characters um, and wife characters. Like they're both, like Janelle is shown as like trying to call to John and get him to do things and he's ignoring her. And then she goes to her husband and he's kind of ignoring her and is like, this isn't even that important. Yeah, yeah. And then you see her cooking and then it, it just, I mean, no, that was the Terminator T-1000 rather at that point, I think, when she's cooking. But it just seems quite stay-at-home mum who's... Oh, yeah, like the provider, yeah. Yeah, who no one's listening to. And it was a bit different with Teresa because her husband does listen to her, but she still has to go to him and try and pull him away from work and bring him back to his family and his kids and remind him that you have children here that you promised you'd take and it doesn't matter how important your work is you've promised your children something so yeah I thought that was interesting that we've like they're the very ooh, they're very opposite to how Sarah's a mother oh yeah completely yeah like in terms of that kind of loving maternal side and for obvious reasons she's obviously got a lot on her plate and a lot to figure out I wonder whether that's because I was thinking like initially I thought oh, it's a shame that they're so meh as like they're, they're more stereotypical of what you expect women to be in films as mothers. But do you think they have to be like in the backdrop of Sarah? Yeah and I wonder whether part of it is to highlight some of the not the flaws of Sarah but the fact that she's so single-minded in her pursuit of making John be this big leader that she's lost the moment of him being a child and him being her son and yeah but you'd rather her be like Sarah than be like oh yeah um, what was the first one ladies Janelle yeah oh yeah definitely um and it makes a much more interesting complicated character yeah I think I think that's all I've written down except for I don't know whether Sarah's meant to be the main character in this film because she narrates 
everything in the film. Is there a narration in the film? There is, at least in the director's cut. You hear her, like, you know, at the start where she's like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think you get it definitely at the end. I don't know whether there's a bit partway through as well. But I, I just thought it was interesting that it's her. Well, no, because it follows on from the last movie then, doesn't it? Because she's, like, writing the... She's, like, talking into that dictaphone. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was what Lee just came on to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I got there before him. Take that, Lee. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, I did notice that you, when Miles is walking around Cyberdyne, you do see like people of color and women in the background working. Mm. And it did feel like there were a good mix of extras and background characters who weren't white and who were women. What was the age gap between the films? When was the first one? 1984. So that makes a big difference in 1990. Oh my God, yeah. That is a huge gap, actually. Yeah. So, like, then society-wise, things would have been very different in the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, that it was such a... I knew T1 was 80s, and obviously I knew this was 91 because I looked up for yeah. this episode, but I didn't realise that it was that much of a gap. The only other thing I think I've written down, which... <laughs> Doesn't really matter. But you know, when we first see Arnie and he's arrived in the present moment from the future and he walks into the bar and he's completely naked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And all of those women are like, mm, ooh. And I was like, would you really act like that if someone walks in? No, like, you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, surely you'd be like, are you, are you okay? Do you need some help? Because my first thought would be, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, ooh. There's a penis. <laughs> like, this is strange. And again, doesn't matter. I wouldn't want them to necessarily be reacting in a different way. I was just like, that was quite a funny yeah, response. Yeah, that was an too. odd reaction. But it's, yeah, the, but the guys are like, what the fuck? And the girl's like, oh, hello. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that was my last, my last point that I'd written that down. I was like, okay. Any other closing comments? No, I didn't have anything else actually. I found that the movie was great. So, like, there wasn't really many notes to make, like, you know, compared to other ones that we've done. But, yeah, it's just it's just interesting. She thinks something different, so everyone wants to put her in a crazy box. Yeah, I know. And she's being very emotive with the way that she's talking to people about it, understandably, because she's like, we're all going to die. And you can get why they think that her son's at risk. I get that. I was really shocked that she wasn't allowed to even call him on the phone. And well, I wonder... if you think about it, like take it out of the context of she's saving the world. If you heard that this lady is convinced that her son is going to save the world and is training him in how to use firearms and is like in beast mode, you would you would think like, oh shit, okay, like maybe yeah, maybe she shouldn't be talking to her son. I did then find myself thinking, oh well, actually. Like, and I was taking it from the perspective of someone who is mentally ill and that is the delusion they're having. I was like, actually, it probably isn't good for their child to be talking to them and yeah. probably quite damaging. Yeah, because only up until Arnie comes in does he think he thinks his mum's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I um, I take that back. It just was quite sad. And also just sad in real life that that happens. But I get that, you know, that does happen sometimes. Not so much with Terminators, but... People are obviously unwell mm. um, and unable to look after their kids and 
can't see them but it just must be unpleasant on both yeah. sides cool shall we rate the film yeah that's really downer it's <laughs> right we can get Lee to cut that bit out it'll be fine so for the female side of it I don't know other than having like more women in the film what did we give Terminator 1 sorry to cut you off I don't know I don't think did we give it maybe a 3 or a 4 for the female bit yeah I can't remember I suppose like you said the only thing you would want is probably more out of the other women characters maybe I feel all right giving it a five for the female bit because I think we said this before, there aren't that many main characters in general. So whilst like, yeah, she could have had a daughter rather than a son or one of or both of the Terminators they sent back could have been a woman. It's kind of those four, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that ultimately as Sarah as a woman and her role they didn't compromise her do you know what I mean like you know like we said the clothing her makeup was all really authentic and her character yeah they tried to like feminize her in any way no and she wasn't there to like prop up the men and their characters in any way she helped she held her own throughout the whole film so Mm. I I don't feel like I'd want to give it any less than five because I'm like well other than more there's not really yeah yeah. and she's okay and then the intersectional side again I don't know know whether maybe a two I think so because yes there's a black family but that's one element of it isn't it really yeah and it is a very small Mm. element and whilst I I do like Miles's character it is is a small part of the film and then he dies and then that's it you don't even see like his family finding out or no no yeah they're just like oh okay well Miles is dead so um, yeah we'll carry on yeah because they could have done a load more with that yeah they could have done yeah there are two characters in there who are Mexican but they're in it so little that I don't think it bumps the score up to more than a two they're just there to prop Sarah up they're not there in their own right yeah I agree okay cool seven out of ten um I think that's that's not bad. It would be nice to get a 10 out of 10 this season, but um, we are at the, the mercy of the film industry and there aren't that many films that do both well. I am sure we can find one. For sure. I really want to do Black Panther at some point because that, I'm, I'm guessing, now yeah. will be a 10 out of 10. That'll be really, really good. Yeah. Cool. So Terminator 2, Judgment Day, not just T2, which I keep calling it, um, gets 7 out of 10. Good job, James Cameron. Um, I wanted to just say thank you to Amen for joining me today to chat about Terminator. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Thank you very much to me for also being here. Good job, me. Thank you very much to Lee for doing the editing and producing and artwork. And to Sandra for doing the music you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast. And if you would like to let us know your thoughts on T2 and what you think of Sarah Connor, and if you just want to talk about how cool she is, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Feminism. That's real spelled R-E-E-L. And we'll be back in your ears in two weeks' time where we'll be discussing another action movie, albeit a more recent one, The Old God. But until then, bye! Bye! bye.